There's a voice that's telling you, don't go there. Don't let them take advantage of you. Don't, don't let them break you. Don't let them. you got to stay strong. You're your own man. You're your own care. Listen, let me tell you something. That voice didn't die for you. In fact, that voice has kept you from the promises and your blessings. There's a voice that's inside of you saying, don't give in. Don't you dare. Watch out. Because you know what? It's just another emotional thing. It's not an emotional thing. It's almost like, don't fast because you know, you're only fasting because you want to lose weight. Listen, that's the lying of the devil. You try to fast. The enemy is a liar and he's a trickster. Hello? He's a liar and he's a trickster. And one of the things he's trying to stop is from you to allowing you to love. And so, Father, I pray for love. That you would bless them. That you would take their hearts that are stone and give them a heart of flesh. And that you would pour your spirit into their heart, Lord. You know why? So you could be free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. And some of you have been captive with unforgiveness. Some of you have been captive with depression. Some of you have been captive with what you can't even forgive yourself from something you did in the past. Somebody you can't, you can't even love yourself because somebody says you're ugly. You can't even love yourself because somebody cheated on you. You can't even love yourself because somebody did something so bad to you. You can't love yourself because you have done some bad things in yourself. And you're saying, how could I even love when I can't even love myself? I come against that in the name of Jesus. And I pray for freedom. I pray for freedom. You're, it's okay to love. I, I can't love that person. You know, you can only love your mom. Don't, don't love somebody like that because that's betraying your mother. Listen, God took my mother home, so I'm allowed to love again. I'm allowed to love again. I'm allowed to move on again because God made that provision for me to love. And so I choose love. I want you to say this. I choose love. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. I choose love. And you know what you're saying? I choose Jesus. I choose God because God is love. So let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I said let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You may be seated. And so we're going back to Peter chapter three. So the women were, they got more scriptures because someone said they're more important. Amen. And then the men feel like they got rebuked last week. I don't think so. We only had one scripture. Amen. But now it's all, now it's, listen, I don't care if you're married. How many married people? How many single people? How many people don't even know what you are? <laughs> this examination is not for the married or the unmarried. Or This is for all of us. Amen? If you have ears to hear, let them hear what the word or the spirit is saying to the church. This is where love gets tested. Amen? And so Jesus tells Peter all these things and Peter doesn't believe him at first because he thinks that sometimes he thinks, well, he thought he knew better than God. He says, far be it from you that you would die on the cross. 
And so Jesus turned around and says, he rebukes him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. It's not what you're saying, Peter. It's what Satan's trying to say. Because love is called denying itself. Amen? Now, it's denying itself. Now, I want you to understand something, and I want to teach you guys something here to, to this morning. It's not denying yourself and talking about it. How many people do that? Well, I made you breakfast, and I cleaned you. Has that ever happened to you? I let you choose the restaurant, and I did. That's not denying yourself. If you have to talk about it, it's not denying yourself. Amen? Denying yourself is not talking about it, but denying yourself is just, a, it's just an attitude. It's a reflection. It's an image. Because we were created in the image of God. Now listen to this. When Adam and Eve were, when Adam was first created, he had the mind of God. His thoughts were only on God. There was no man that ever existed. So his only thoughts were the thoughts of God. He communicated with God. He talked to God. And then God blessed him with the woman. Someone say woman. And the woman came in and her thoughts were for God. Like, oh, yeah, she started it. No, her thoughts were for God. And that, listen, that was a form of church. See, church is not a place where, you know, you just come and take a tithe or come and listen to worship and come and hear some preaching. Church is a place where you have fellowship. And they had true fellowship. Adam and Eve had true fellowship until they began to sin. And then when they began to sin, they, they took on the knowledge of good and evil. And guess what? It messed everything up. Do you remember when things were going good when you first got married? Anybody? What about anybody get married over here? Do you remember when you first got married, you were in a, on a honeymoon state? Amen? Until he left the sconsonas on the floor? Or she started doing stuff that you're like, you didn't do that when we were dating. Hello? Do you remember that? And when, when you're first serving God, it's like a honeymoon. And then all of a sudden, God begins to show you who you are, not who he is, because he never changes. I said he never changes. God is the same today, tomorrow, forever, and ever, and ever. God never changed. His love for you is unconditional. His love for you has always been the same. When you someone says, God doesn't love me anymore, or I fell out of love, listen, it has nothing to do with God. It's all about us. See, Adam had the mind of God before he sinned. And when Eve came in, and then when they have children, this thing's got a lot of crazy, just start snowballing, and just got a little crazier and crazier because sin and so God begins to you know say listen things have to change amen the reason why you're here this morning because things have to change amen things cannot remain the same things have to change and this is why I said this to you uh, quite a while ago if you change your mind God will change your heart God will never change your heart until you're willing to change your mind Amen? Why is that? Because your mind is your mind. This is my mind, and I can think what I want to think, and I can do what I want to do. And you know what? God will never invade your will. But when you're willing to give up your will, he'll change your heart. 
Amen? And so when Peter was willing to give up his ideas of who's going to be the greatest, God began to change his mind. He became more Christ-like. And so Peter's trying to tell all the disciples and all the people that all the Christians, hey, we're about to die. We're about to be martyred. They're going to kill us. They're coming after us. And so they're coming after us. But let me tell you something. Just because they're coming after you, keep this marriage together. That's the last thing that was going to look good in the church is with divorce. And yet today, marriage doesn't mean much. Christians are divorcing just as much as non-Christians. You know why they're divorcing? Because people don't have the mind of Christ. And the reason why they don't have the mind of Christ, because they're not willing to give it up. But God wants to do something this morning. He wants to do a brain transplant. Some of your, come on, can someone use a brain transplant? How many of you make some dumb mistakes? Anybody here make some dumb mistakes? Don't point at someone and say, yeah, she does, she does. Especially her. Thank God I brought her this morning, Pastor. Speed, Pastor, come on. Give it to him. How about this? We all make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says we all, someone say all. Todo. Todos, yeah, todos. And Dorothy, too. We all fall short of the glory of God. Amen? This is why just because I'm up here doesn't make me spiritually up here compared to you sitting down there. I'm not a respecter of man's. I, can, I don't care who you are in Christ and how powerful you are in Christ. I respect you because you're my brother, but I don't honor you like you're a reverend or you're God. And just like I respect this person down the street that needs food that doesn't have anything, they're equal in God's eyes. God loves them the same. God doesn't love you just because you do knock on more doors or you give more money or you work in a children's ministry because God's love for you is unconditional. Amen? This is why he says, finally, all of you, someone say all of you, be of one mind. Let's read that together. Finally, stop there. He says, listen, this is the final exam. Be of one mind. This is the final exam. You want to know if you're really a Christian or not? Be of one mind. And you know what the crazy thing is? Most of us says, yep, be of one mind. Mine. Be of my mind. If I want your thoughts, I'll give them to you. Hello? As long as everybody thinks like me, we're all in the same mind. But how many people know that we need different minds? Amen? He says, be in one mind. And you're saying, man, I wish everybody would think like me. No, you don't. Because sometimes you don't even like yourself. Sometimes you make mistakes, but we can have the mind of the one that never made a mistake. His name is Jesus Christ. So he tells, he tells Paul to write this. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. So let's say that. Let this mind be in you or be in me that was in Christ Jesus. 
And so the only way we can be in one mind and one accord is by having the mind of Christ. Amen. And what does the mind of Christ look like? It looks like your word. The Bible says this. In the beginning was the what? And the word was what? what? And the word became what? And the word what? Dwelt among us. So in order for this to happen, guess what? The word is God. The word is Jesus. And so in order to have the mind of Christ, it's not thinking the way you think that the scripture should be. The scriptures is the mind of Christ. And if you want to be on one mind, one accord, let's read the scriptures together and let's understand together and let's follow them together. Amen. This is why the Bible says this. Listen, he says, finally, brethren, be of one mind. Now, we have to understand something. Jesus got to, he's got to talking to Peter and all them saying, what are you guys talking about? They were arguing who's going to be the greatest. Amen. And so now they go to the upper room and the Bible says that they begin to pray and they were what? They were in one mind. Then the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they began to speak in tongues. And you know what they said? You go first. No, you go first. Let me feed you. No, let me feed you. Let me go out of my way for you. No, let me go. Let, you know what? Here's some shoes. No, no. Here's my jacket. Oh, no. Let me sell my house and let me give it to the. No, I want to do this. Oh, and you know what? The crazy thing is they had the same mind because all things didn't belong to them. It belonged to Jesus. Amen. There was no problem who's going to preach next. There was no problem who's going to give. There was no problem who's going to do this. There was no problem because they were in one mind. It's when they stopped being in one mind. Things got a little crazy. And so Peter begins to remind them, listen, let us all be in one mind. It's going to come down to the end. It's going to come down to this. It's going to come to that. But let's what? guess what? Let's not fight amongst each other. There's a real enemy out there. Don't divorce. There's a real enemy out there. Don't do this. There's a real enemy. Don't be mad at your children. There's a real enemy out there. Listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And if you had my mind, you would know that. Because I spoke my mind. You know what? Jesus spoke his mind. And guess what else? Jesus knows what was in your mind. This is why he says, listen, I understand that, but let me ask you a question, Simon. I know what you're thinking, but do you know what I'm thinking? And you know what? If you, and This is why the Bible says, listen, his thoughts for us are higher than our thoughts. His ways are better than our ways. The Father does know best. And Peter found that out by trying to, he tried to do his own thing and then he failed. But when he learned how to do the things of Christ, he was victorious. Someone say, finally. Someone say, final exam. This is the testing period. This is where, this is where, this is where you're going to find out if you really are who you say you are. Here we go. All of you be of one mind. Now listen to this. Having compassion for one another. Oh, no. Love as brothers and sisters. Oh, no. Tender-hearted. Oh. Be courteous. Shoot. Not returning evil for evil. Oh, forget it. <laughs> but on the contrary, blessing. Wait a second here. Did you know what he did to me? Do you know what she did to me? Do you know what he, my father did to me? You know what my mother did? You know what my friend did? You know what my ex did to me? You know what she, you know what my coworker did to me? And you're telling me that I have to love them? 
I'm not telling you this at all. And Peter's not telling you this at all. He's just speaking the mind of Christ. Turn your Bibles real quick to John. We're going to read this together. One, two, three. Okay, listen, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, listen, that's great. I mean, I see your works. I see your building. I see your ministries. I see your worship team. I see your dance team. I see your preaching. I see, you know, what you do here. I see all that, but nevertheless, I have this against you that you don't love. He says, where the going gets tough, I want to test you. I want to see what's genuinely in your heart. I'm going to test you by seeing how much love that you have for one another. And this is how you'll know that you're my children. Amen. Has your children ever did something you're saying, oh, my goodness, that you do not represent me because I would never do something like that. Anybody? Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get another donation? Have you ever said that? Like, you ever look at your children, do I even know you? What are you thinking? Anybody? Well, well, you don't think Jesus comes to his church and say, oh, my goodness, is really this is what church is about? Unforgiveness and hiding from each other and, and you know, and, and holding grudges and, and looking at each other with caca eye? Like, you know, like. Is this, listen, is this the kind of children that I'm raising up? Peter, do you love me? Then listen, Peter, that's not love. I'm going to teach you love. You will know, listen, you will know that you're real by the love that you have for one another. Very simple. And they will know that you're a disciple or a real believer by the love that you have for one another. And I know what you're thinking. I love my kids. I love my wife. I especially love my pastor. I'm not laughing. Amen? Well, then, man, I must be a Christian because I, I love my kids. I love my wife. I love a couple of my friends and sometimes my mom, my dad. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. That's not what we're talking about here. Matthew chapter 5, this is what Jesus said. But I say to you, love your enemies. Oh, man, pastor, this is getting crazy here. Man, it's bad enough that you're saying be compassionate. Be compassionate. It's bad enough you're telling him be merciful. It's telling me to have love. Listen, these things, that was hard. But now this examination is getting a little hard. This is like calculus. I don't understand it. It's not very, it doesn't take rocking scientists to understand this. Love. Regardless how you physically feel, love. Regardless what you think up here, love. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now Jesus is speaking before the congregation. He says, listen, if you want to be like me, then love. If you want to be my disciple, then love. If you want to be my daughter, if you want to be my son, Peter, do you love me? Then if you love me, Peter, don't just love your brethren, but love your enemy. 
Love your Judas. Man, I thought Pastor was going to preach a different message today. It is Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it? Most of you are just thinking about buffalo wings right now. It gets better, church. That you will be the sons of your father in heaven or the daughters. Amen. That you may be. In order for you to be, you must love your enemies. For he who makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, hello, only greeting those people that you like? We're going to take our time to go up and greet somebody that, you know, around here. And we're like, she's sitting right by me. And then you act like you didn't see him. Oh, I hope so-and-so doesn't come by me because you know what? I don't feel like saying hi to them today. Where's that mind? That mind's in the gutter. Where, where's that attitude? Where do you see any Christ-like in that? You know why people don't come to church? Because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. Oh, I don't want to go to church. There's a bunch of hypocrites there. And you know what we say? Oh, there's not hypocrites. We got good worship. We got good preaching. Really good preaching. And we got... <laughs> we got all this. And we got this children ministry. And we got this and that. And he goes, yeah, but you don't even like your coworker." You're talking bad about your boss. You don't even get along with your parents. You want me to go to your church? I might as well just stay where I'm at because we serve the same God, it seems like it. What makes you different than me? They will know that you are his disciples. They will know that you've been sanctified or separated from this world by the love that you have for one another. It's easy to love those who love you. Can I get an amen? amen? When me and Jen are in perfect harmony, she loves me, I love her. I feel like, you know, like, you know, those commercials where everything's just going good. Like we're running on the beach together. Like. <laughs> it's easy to love her when she loves me. But sometimes she gets. She gets or I get. Sometimes I bother her and she gives me that look. It's not like, I love you. And that's my wife. My kids give me a look. And those are my kids. And so how do you expect me to love those who have been evil to me? The same way Jesus did when he died for them. For God so loved the world. He didn't pick or choose who he died for. He loved everybody. He even died for Judas. He says, Judas, friend. Friend, really? For 30 pieces? Was that all I was worth? Is that what it, is that what it came down to, 30 pieces? You know what the sad thing is? We sell out, sometimes we sell out Christ for less than 30 pieces. And you say, well, pastor, I don't sell them out. Yes, you sell them out when you stop loving somebody. 
when you become more important than to love, when you think that your feelings matter more than what God's feelings are for you. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? Let's go back to 1 Peter. He says, even the people you hate do the same thing you do. That's exactly what he's saying. Even the people that are non-Christians do the same things that you do. What separates you? What separates you from any other religion? Well, it's a relationship. Amen. Don't, don't, is that what we say? What's the, what, look at Buddhists, Muslims, and these people, and that people, and these people. What's the difference between your God and their God? Our God is love. Hello? Our God doesn't tell us to go kill people. Hello? I'm talking to people here today. What's the difference between our God and our, our God is love? Our God says pray for our enemies. Oh, we have a relationship, right? That's the difference. We're not a religion. We're a relationship. What, what does your relationship look like when you don't even love your brethren? What does your relationship look like when you don't have forgiveness for those who have hurt you? How do you expect them to look at you? Listen, let me tell you something. There's a DNA test being taken today. Yeah, he's my dad. He's my dad. Okay, we're going to test your blood. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Jesus, come into my heart. Now, now, now. Man, I didn't know the test was coming today. But there is a test. The Bible says this. There's a day when man was appointed to die. And then the judgment comes. In other words, the testing comes. Amen. Hello. It's called a random test. People know what I'm talking about. Some of us are like, man, God, random test. I hate those suckers. If I only known it was coming, I would have been clean. Hello? If I knew they were going to test me, I would have been clean. Well, let me tell you something. God is testing you. Are you clean? And the only way you can be clean is by the blood of Jesus. I said the only way you're going to come out with the same DNA is by the blood of Jesus. And speaking of DNA, listen, we all have the same DNA if we have the mind of Christ. Hello? We are different parts of the body, but we are all the same DNA if we have the mind of Christ. All of you be of one mind, having, someone say, compassion. If you notice nowadays, people don't have much compassion. We drive by homeless people all the time and don't even think of it. That's just another homeless person asking for money. And another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. And we know what we, you know what they become? Part of the street. Part of the environment now. We don't even see them anymore. We see them like light posts. I said, we see them like just, that's that same guy that's been begging forever. He's been here for 10 years. He should have got a job by now. Because where's the compassion? Where's the attitude of giving? Where's the compassion? Where's the heart of Christ? Jesus says, even if your enemy's hungry, feed him. 
that guy didn't do anything to you. And why didn't you feed him? But the end will come when Jesus says this. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. When I was, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was prison, you didn't visit me. And you're going to sit there, when did I not see that, Jesus? When did I not feed you? If I would have known you was you, Jesus, I would have gave you something. I would have clothed you. I would have I took you in. I I didn't. He says, when you didn't do to the least of them, you didn't do it to me. Compassion. Why should I have compassion? Nobody has compassion on me. Really? Then why are you here? Obviously, Jesus did enough to bring you here. Someone say love. Agape. We already talked about that. Someone say tenderhearted. Listen, the days of you being a macho man, that's over with. The days of caveman and the days of it's my way, the days of, you know, we have to be rough and tough and, and act a certain that day is done with. It didn't work for you. But let me explain to you something, men. The day of you being soft, is that that's out too. I said tender-hearted, not weak and you know, different kind of hearted. There is a difference of being tender-hearted, come on, and being a wimp. I'll say it again. There is a big difference of being tender-hearted and being wimpy-hearted. I better listen to her. She doesn't be mad at me. You think that's funny? It happens all the time where women just run everything. You can be tender-hearted and have compassion and, 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 and understand that she is a weaker vessel and love her and be tender-hearted and go out of your way and maybe buy her flowers and wash them dishes and be real sweet. That's okay. But listen, but, 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 but allowing yourself to be soft in certain areas and allowing just, listen, there's an order. I said there's an order. We are called to be tender-hearted. That's what attracted her to you in the first place, that you were tender-hearted. Not hard-hearted. If you don't tender your heart, it's going to be hardened. I'll say it again. If you don't allow your heart to be tender, you're not going to be able to hear the voice of God. Because your heart's going to be hardened. This is why he says it in the word. He said in Ezekiel, he says, I will take your heart of stone because you have hardened your heart. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And then you can hear me. Because without that, you can't hear me. Someone say tender-hearted. We need to be tender-hearted, church. Here's another one. How about being courteous? After you. Hello? After you. Oh, my God, I took my seat. Don't they know I sat there for three weeks? Man, people lose their salvation over seats. Oh, my God, are you seriously going to take my parking space after I've been waiting for four minutes? How about being tenderhearted how about being courteous how about open the door for people there's nothing worse that you're walking with your kid and somebody in front of you and they open up really you couldn't wait a second so me and my daughter could walk through where is courteous nowadays where is the ad you know what it is church that this church the church i'm not talking about us in general i'm talking about the 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 people of God in general have lost their tenderhearted. They have lost their courteous. They lost all these things. You know why? Because we become more secular than we are Christian. I got one minute left. I better hurry. And here's a good one. We're going to stop with this one. Not returning evil for evil. Or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, blessing. 
Someone say blessing. blessing. Knowing that you were called to this. Keep going. That you may inherit the blessing. How many people want to claim the inheritance and the blessing? I said, how many people want the blessing? I said, how many people want the blessing? Now, let me explain to you something. You're going to either inherit a curse or you're going to inherit a blessing. This is why he spoke, God spoke and says, I'm going to not only curse you, but I'm going to curse your families, families, generation after generation. Hello? I don't know why, but my grandma used to drink and my great grandpa used to drink and my great great grandpa and we had, you know, and they used to, they used to be broke and poor and this and that. And I don't understand why, why is it happening to me? Because it's called a generational curse. Amen. And this is why when you get adopted by Jesus Christ, you go under a different generation. You go under a generation of blessing. And that blessing is not only for you, but it's for your children and your grandchildren. And your grand- Why is my children? Listen, not only that, my grandchildren are serving the Lord and they're involved with this and, that, and the other ones are this and this and this and this. And you know what? It's crazy. It seems like everything just turned. You know why? Because someone stood up and was woman enough or man enough to say, you know what? I don't want the curse. I want the blessing for my family. And regardless if they did evil to me, I'm going to return it with good. I have to say the story because he's here, and I'm going to say it, and, and I'm going to just be cool about it. But there's a gentleman named Carl Zavala here, a.k.a. Gramps. Now, I used to, we used to know each other pretty good. I used to work for him, and we used to get along, and we used to, we used to be partners in the world. And I used to be cool with him and whatever something happened to him I would take care of him and one time you know I, I thought you know hey he's going to return the favor and something happened to me and he wasn't there I felt like wait a second here bro we're in the same we're in the same team here and you and this happened to you and you couldn't help me and so I became evil toward him someone said I've been evil and I was evil toward him and I said you know what if I ever catch him in the streets even though he's six foot something. But if I ever catch this guy in the streets, or I ever catch him slipping, if I ever catch him at a place that we used to hang out, come on, somebody, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going I'm to give him a good one. I'm going to wait. I'm going to just wait. You wait till I catch him. And then one day I, I got home and my mom had his prayer book. And so I'm going through her prayer book. Yeah, yeah. I see this word, Carl Zavala. And I looked at my mom and said, why would you pray for him? And he says, because he needs Jesus as much as you do. Okay, cool. I agree. But why him? And so what it did to me is that, you know how you say, you got to listen to your mama? So I said, okay, mom, I just won't, when if, I can't, if I see him, I'll just let him go. I, but I don't like him. I'll keep that evil in my mind, in my heart. It's cool because of you and you have him on your prayer book. Hello, you have him on your prayer book, I'll let him go. He, he gets a pass because he's on your prayer book. Well, you know what? When I opened the yellow house X amount of years ago, and all of a sudden I get a knock on the door, and Carl Zavala walks in. And he yells, I'm saved. I got born again. I just got baptized. I'm looking at him like, you got the pass. And I started thinking about my mom like, oh, my goodness, mom, your prayers worked again. <laughs> and you know what? We've, 
we've been more friends than we were when we're in the streets or in the world or whatever you want to call it. He has been part of my family, and when, the, when, when all hell broke loose and they said, he's not part of your family, I said, you know what? He's part of a bigger family than my physical family. You could say whatever you want, and maybe you cut him off, and maybe this and maybe that, but he belongs. He's my brother. And you know what? It shows you that if you learn how to return a blessing instead of evil, guess what? God will do something great and mighty. Some of the people that I've gotten arguments with in the world have become my friends. But it's right here, church. It's what are you thinking up here? And if you're not thinking what's right, then allow God to change your mind. I mean, give God your mind and take his mind and God will change your heart. And you'll start to look at people different. You'll start to have someone, someone say, you'll start to have compassion. You'll start to have mercy. You'll start to look at them different. Oh my goodness, you'll start to see them as Jesus sees them, a fallen person that needs Christ, like my mom seen them. This is why she put them on it. She said, especially Carl Zavala. <laughs> Examination time, church. How far do you want to take this agape house of prayer? Because if we're not going to agape, then let's take that off our, let's take that off our name. If we're not going to love and we're not going to pray, let's come together and just change our name to something else. The non-compassionate ones. Church. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word died for us. And as we take communion, remember that. Oh, it's a relationship. Yes, it is. It's called communion. When you look at your children and when they clean the room and they do their homework and they go out of their way for their brother and sister, you're looking around like, oh, my goodness. That reminds me of me. Amen. But when they're fighting and unforgiveness and walking past each other without saying hi, you're saying, time out. This is not how I raised you. With all eyes closed and head bowed, as we take communion this morning, Lord, we just pray right now that you bless your body, your bread that was broken for us, that you bless the blood of the covenant that you died for us. Lord, given us the example that greater love than this, that one would lay down his life for his friend. Lord, you will know that we are your children by the love that we have for one another, not returning evil for evil, but a blessing in return so we can inherit the goodness Father, we come against grudges and unforgiveness and anger and those who violate us. Lord, we forgive them. And we ask right now, Father, that your blessing would be upon this, these mighty men and women of God. I told you there was examination time. Amen. Well, this is the test. It's not very hard. It's not very difficult. And here it goes. Please do not come up and take communion. If you're not his son and you're not his daughter, please do not come and take partake of his body, which was broken for his children and his blood that was shed for his children. If you're not willing to forgive, if you're not willing to have compassion, if you're not willing to let go of your past, please do not come up and take communion. If you do not want to be a disciple and be disciplined by the father. 
if you're willing to surrender what's in your heart this morning and say, you know what, God, I am your son. I act a little crazy like Carl Zavala. And, you know, Lord, and, and I act a little this. I'm a little off sometimes. But I know deep down inside I do love you. And I do know that I love people. And like Peter, Lord, sometimes I could even watch and pray for an hour, but I would pick up a sword and I would go to war. I would, Lord, I, I do put my foot in my mouth, but Lord, when it comes down to it, you know, because that's why you called me. You said, go get Peter. Go get John. Go get Chris. Go get Belen. Go get her. Go get, go get him. Go get Albie. Go get Eddie. Go get Corbin. Go, go get him. Go get him. Go get him. Go get Tony. Go, go get him. Go get Michelle. Go get her. She, she's mine. She's my chosen vessel. Go get Al. He, I love him so much. Go get him. I, I died for him, and I want to show him something. Go get him. Go get him. Go get Matthew. As much as he runs, he's, he's my son. I want to teach him. Go get her. She's my daughter. I love her so much. Go get her. She's rough around the edges, but go get her. I'm going to clean her up. I'm going to shape her up. Go get him. Go get him. He, he falls short several times, but he tries at least, and he gets back up, and he, he's willing. Go get him. There is no altar call this morning, but there's a Jesus call this morning. An examination time. If you're his child, his son, his daughter, you come and get communion. And when you partake of this, you go out and love like Christ loved you. And so, Father, we thank you and we praise you in your holy name. Amen.